Welcome to the Encounter Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Lord, we just thank you for your presence today. And if you're here for the first time, uh, God is so good. And just take a deep breath. Just relax. Because sometimes, you know, we, we get weird in church sometimes. And we, you know, we just, just chill. Just relax. God is so good. And Lord, we just thank you for your presence. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for that at the entrance of your word, there's light and there's revelation. Lord, and we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from you. And so we just thank you for your word. We thank you for everything that you've been doing, Lord, yesterday, today, and tomorrow, that our futures are bright as your promises. Amen. Amen. And, uh, you know, I don't know, I'm overjoyed. I was screaming. I was up here, you know, because this week, uh, my sciatic nerve, we were singing about the fire of the Holy Ghost. And I was like, thank you, Lord, because, you know, Pastor Mike, I don't know, I haven't felt a sciatic nerve in about 20 years. But my, how many of you guys, you know, when that sciatic nerve sometimes starts to, that's, that thing is on fire. No, but anyhow, I was like, so I went and I, I had to go get my membership at 24 and, and get in the pool and uh, said, you know, all the things I need to do. But uh, aren't you thankful when the Lord touches you? Amen. He touches you. He touches you. And uh, I'm sweating. So anyhow, thank you, Jesus. But we've had a wonderful, wonderful impartation uh, for the past several weeks. And actually last month, it actually began. What was the last month? July. So July. And every word that, and, uh, that how many know there's, there's a scripture in Proverbs says that the path of the just is as a shining light getting brighter and brighter. And I don't know about you, but I want to burn brighter. And I want to, I don't want to be stubborn. How many of you guys got some stubbornness in you? Don't raise your hand. But Pastor, you know, you get, and, and sometimes God is trying to deal with our stubbornness and trying to deal with us. And so, you know, it's hard for me sometimes to give you, uh, anyhow, let me not even say that. But let's just talk about what's gone transpired here in the last couple weeks. And, uh, you know, we, we called a couple weeks ago the apostolic impartation. And when we had fatherly figures, the Bishop Garlington was here and the other uh, Kirshners from Mexico, uh, Paul wrote in the book of Romans chapter 1, he says, I desire to be with you that I might impart to you a spiritual gift. And God responds to the atmosphere of faith. The atmosphere of faith. Come on, faith is the substance of things hoped for. He's the evidence of things nothing. You know that Jesus is your faith? Come on, Jesus is the one that chose you. You didn't choose Jesus. He chose you. And if he chose you, even in our verse, it says being confident of this very thing. Philippians 1, he who has begun a good work in you is faithful to complete it. And even if you don't feel it, come on, sometimes, I don't know about you, I did not wake up this morning singing Kumbaya, this is the day the Lord has made. I had to fight. I had to say, Lord, I'm going to make a choice to rejoice today. Because sometimes in the natural, in the natural, you don't realize that there's a battle in the natural and then also in the spirit. But we're called to live from the inside out. And we're called to live from the spirit. And, but yet so many times, most of us, we deal with natural things. And we have to deal with the natural. And so you can't be so uh, weird that you don't take care of natural things. Okay? So look at your neighbor and say, take care of the natural. Okay? So there's balance there. we got to take care of the natural. But in the natural, there's something that supersedes, and it's God's presence and his just wanting us to be aware that he's with us. 
and that he's there and he's really close to us. And so uh, this scripture in Romans chapter one, it says, I desire to be with that. I might impart a spiritual gift, but I don't know about you. I was like, Lord, let me receive it. All that you have. I may not understand it. I may not even recognize it truly, but Lord, by faith, I'm going to receive. Don't you know uh, how many of you guys have children? When you tell that child that you're going to take them somewhere or do something, they don't sit there and ask all the questions, how you're going to pay for it, how you're going to get there, where we're going to stay. All the, they don't try to figure every little detail like, like you and I try to deal with God. How, 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 why, how, what, well, all these questions, right? They distrust. They trust that God is going to take care of it. And I don't know about you, but when I get to heaven and you get to heaven, I think it's going to be the same way. Because as a father, as a father, Jesus says, you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. If you being evil know how to do this, how much more does your heavenly father know how to take good care of you? And so I don't know about you, church, but I want to be in a place where I... I trust that, God, you're good. And Jesus made it in such a way, and just hang with me. I'm going to get there. I don't know what what scripture I'm going to get to. I got about 33 of them, but (laughs) I will talk to you about Jesus, how easy Jesus made it for us to be with him. It's not hard. It's not hard. It's not hard. It's really not hard because he's our creator. He knows us better than anyone else. And it's just like breathing. Acts 17, it says, in him we live and move and have our, our breath. Our breath. It's just like breathing. And so the fatherly figure says, I've come to impart something to you, a spiritual gift. And I don't know about you how to say, Lord, I want it. I want all that you have. And then this prophetic ministry that we have, the prophetic ministry that comes. I'm getting instructions from my wife how to pull my, thank you, dear. Pull my shirt down. Thank you, dear. I'm going to keep it pulled down. Paul tells Timothy, he says, Timothy, I want to remind you of something that how many of you guys have received a prophetic word? And he says to Timothy, he says, I want to remind you of that prophetic word, but by that prophetic word, you can wage a good warfare. You can wage. How many of you guys have received either a personal word or a corporate? corporate word, but by them, you can rehearse them and you can wage a warfare, a good warfare by what God has said. There's a verse in Isaiah. I believe it's Isaiah. It's somewhere in Isaiah. I think it may be 40 or it's 54, but God says to put me in remembrance. And sometimes when you have a word, if you have it recorded or transcribed, you could take it and say, God, this is what you said about me, or this is what you said about yourself. And we can wage a good war. How many know that there's a war going on? And some of the war is with yourself. Some of the war is with your own flesh. Some of the war is with the devil. Some of it is with this world. But how many know there's some things that we're battling? And through the prophetic utterance that we receive, it says that we can wage a good warfare through the prophetic utterance that has gone over our lives. And so as we've had these weekends of apostolic impartation and then prophetic utterance over our lives, how many of you know that God is equipping us to move on into what he has for us? Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you have a Bible, whether it's new school, old school, I kind of have both. I got my new school phone, my old school paper. Do you guys? Thank you, Jesus. 
and Jennifer, all those that got water baptized today, can you give it up for those that got water baptized today? And uh, if I forget your name, don't worry, Melissa and different ones. Uh, how many of you guys felt like when you got water bat when they were getting water baptized, you were re- reminded? Sister Valerie was like, I was going to run up there and jump in myself. But, uh, but how many of you know the truth when that's taking place? And thank you, Brother Scott, for teaching the class. And, and we are going to end today's service with communion. But there's truth in, it's not just getting wet, but there's truth of the word of God that causes us to keep living in newness of life. But there's a part of our flesh in this world that wants us to pull us back into the old. Right? We can talk new. How many of you guys like to talk new? I remember when I used to be addicted to drugs and we would get high and uh, we'd start smoking weed. We'd always talk new. We're talking real good, talking real good. And some of you guys that still may need deliverance in those areas of marijuana or alcohol, you know, when you get, you get under the influence of some other substance, you start talking Talk, that talk, that talk. But you talk new, but you still act old. Right? And you stay in that cycle like you're, you know, you guys, just me? Okay, I was the only one that did it. Okay. But anyhow, thank you, Thessa. Okay. Um, But anyhow, but the Lord says, no, it's not just enough for us to talk new, but he wants us to act new. And give us the power to live new. And that's the power of Jesus and the power of his resurrection and the power of his word. Don't you realize that we have so much that we've been equipped. Like the early believers in the early church, they didn't have an entire Bible. I thought about this the other day. This is not in my notes. But you know that we have an entire Bible. Like like they didn't have like the, the Bible that we have in entirety to see the whole picture. And then some of them didn't even have the baptism of the Holy Spirit or some of the things that we've been equipped with. And how many know God has given us weapons? He's given us things that equip us. And so... We have the apostolic impartation. We have the prophetic impartation over our lives. And let's go there. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Let's look in Ephesians chapter 4 and say, well, what is the Lord doing in us? What's he wanting us to go to? What, what's, what's, what is all this? What is all this apostolic impartation? What is this prophetic impartation that's going on what what's the purpose of it in encounter church and in our lives individually so that we can walk it out so when you get to Ephesians chapter 4 before you do that just look over at chapter 3 at the end of chapter 3 and verse 14 this is not thank you Shara the media folks I've given them all these scriptures but look at this verse because it's all good You know, when you start eating the word of God and you let it eat you and read you, it gets good. It says in verse 14 of chapter 3, it says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory. Come on, we were singing about the glory today. That you, come on and say, that's me, would be strengthened Come on, with might, come on, might. How I many you know through his spirit in the inner man? We could come on, strengthen with might. Strengthened with might. Now, sometimes you don't feel all that strengthened. You don't feel the power and the might. But how I many you know it doesn't, not, doesn't necessitate what God's word says, that he strengthens you with power and might with his spirit in the inner man? Because I don't know about you, I want to live from the inside out. 
not by what I see. That's what Paul says. We walk by faith and not by sight. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. And so he's strengthening us with power and might in our inner man that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. There's that word faith. Everything you receive in the spirit is through faith. Everything you receive when you go down into the waters of baptism, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, whatever he's going to do, the receiving of miracles, prophetic utterance, impartation, it's all done through faith. Remember, Paul said to the Galatians, he said, you began in the spirit, but why are you trying to finish it in the flesh? Remember, Paul says this to the Galatians and being in the spirit is not just speaking in tongues. Okay, I'm not just let's clarify that. It's not just just saying things off the top of your head. Okay, it's walking in obedience to the word of God and just being open and saying, Lord, I want all that you have for me. There's different expressions of walking in the spirit. It's there's different manifestations. Let's put it that way. There's different manifestations of the spirit of God. But it says in Corinthians says that the manifestation of the spirit is profitable for all. So there's different manifestations. Sometimes we get caught up in manifestations. Oh, all this manifestation. Should I fall down? Should I laugh? Should I run? Should I cry? Don't worry about the manifestations. We're not, we're not following manifestations. We're following Jesus. Why are you guys asking me all these questions? Because I haven't even got to chapter four yet. Verse 17 of chapter three. You guys, we're going to be here a long time. No, I'm going to kid. I know you're hungry, Patrick. (laughs) No, I'm going to kid at that. It says that you may, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you're being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. You can put your, you know, my version would say what passes religion, which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now to him, to who? To Jesus who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. There's a power working inside of you. I don't know, either you believe it or you don't. Either you say like like I... Elijah was with the prophets of Baal. He says, why are you halted between two opinions? Either God is God and serve him or Baal is God and serve him. Don't be halted. Don't falter. So either God is true and the presence of God is real and his word is alive. And we just say, Lord, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it into my spirit, man. And so let's jump down. I don't know why. I I wanted to share those verses with you, but I just like them. And so, because they're just, but it says, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. That means us. So we get to chapter four of Ephesians, and it's really not a chapter because when they wrote it, it was one letter and they didn't have all these numbers, but uh, he just continues down to the letters. And in verse 11, it talks about Jesus, or let's pick it up in verse 9, and it talks about him that ascended, the ascended Lord. But it says he first descended into the lower parts of the earth. I mean, you know, Jesus not just lifts us up, but he goes down to dig us out. 
He goes down and he will dig you out of the mud and the dirt. He will dig you out. And this is theologically speaking of what Jesus did when he went and preached in 1 Peter. It says that Jesus went and preached to the, to the spirits that were in prison. But we're not going to get into that. But he ascended. But before he ascended, he descended. And it says that, verse 11, he himself gave some to be apostles, prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. And here it is. This is what God is doing. What is the purpose of us? He's equipping us. Everyone say, he's equipping me. He's equipped. Where's Jose? Jose is back on the camera. Everyone turn around and look at Jose. And if you're joining us on the live stream today, we'll just wave at the camera. Come on, everyone, wave at the camera. Wave at the live stream. Those that are joining. Now, Jose, have you ever gone to, to work or to your job? Now, Jose likes to tear stuff up, and he builds things very well. And, uh, or if you're in your job and you're trying to accomplish a task and you don't have the right tools or maybe you're on your computer and you don't have the right software or program and you realize that you are not equipped to carry out what God has you. Well, uh, we're, we named Jose Mr. Home Depot because Jose has every tool in his tool bag, every tool. If you need a tool, I think so, but uh, pretty much. And so... How many know God is equipping us for the task? And I want to share this. It's not part of my message. If you're here today and you're thinking about becoming a, a leader of one of our communities, our encounter communities, why not? Why not? God wants to use you right now, right where you are, right in your home, wherever you are, to get someone to say, where's Belinda? I, I was so glad Belinda started, started testifying to Jennifer, right, Jennifer? To Jennifer, and Jennifer came to the church a couple weeks ago, a month ago, and she said, this crazy lady came up to me and started witnessing to me, started telling me about Jesus, and she said, and she gave her a prophetic word, and here's Jennifer, all because Belinda stepped out in faith and shared a testimony. And, and not to embarrass you ladies, but it's just really that simple. Is Jennifer is here and got water baptized and saved today because somebody in Encounter Church says, I'm going to talk to my neighbor about Jesus. I'm not going to be afraid to tell someone about the goodness of God and give them a word and tell them God's love them and bring them to church. And now here they are. Birthed. And that's just how simple it is. And that's part of all of our mission. It's not just for, I'm, I'm part of that mission. You're part of that mission. That is the mission of the kingdom is to what? To go and share the good news of Jesus. And Jesus is really good. You know, Jesus hung out with publicans and sinners. He didn't hang out in church. I mean, he went to the synagogue. He didn't hang out out there all the time, but he was out in the streets dealing with people. And so, come on, people really are not really against Jesus. They just don't like his kids sometimes. <laughs> Say, Lord, help me, help me, help me, Lord. Help me not to be that older brother. What was that? Uh, uh, Chandler was preaching. Chandler, uh, Chandler Cleveland was preaching about the elder brother. Say, get that elder brother spirit out of me. And so let us not be prejudiced against sinners. As such, some of me is and you were. So anyhow, he gives this. So, gee, let me get back. He, we're going to be here a long time. But anyhow, but he, what, what is happening? He's coming to equip us. He's coming to work in us. How many of you know Jesus says, my father is working? 
My father is working even right now. How many know that God's will is working? There is a plan and a purpose for the kingdom of God, not just for us collectively as a body, as an encounter church, but also how many God is working inside of you individually, in your family. And But sometimes we have to like slap ourselves and wake ourselves up and say, Lord, help me to recognize that you're wanting to do something in me fresh and new. You want to work something new inside of me. And sometimes to work something new inside of me, he has to work some old out of me. So he's working. I'm going to say he's working. So he's equipping. He's working. He's edifying. Thank you. I can't even read my own Bible. I better get that, that one with the bigger font. He's edifying you. He's building you up. He's, he's strengthening you. He's strengthening you. Come on, how many of you guys say, Lord, I need some strength? So I need some strength to go to work tomorrow or go to school tomorrow or to do my homework or to face my employees or to, to have the right response in my home to my children or to my spouse. I need strength to be like Jesus. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. So he's equipping. He's working. He's edifying or he is strengthening so that we would what? Come into, here's the next part. There's the fourth thing. That we would come into a unity of faith. That we would come in a unity of faith. We would be united in our faith. We would be united together. How many of you know it says that one can chase a thousand, two can chase two thousand? 10,000, how many know that there is a reciprocation, a multiplication of unity? And when we come together, there is a unity of faith that we wouldn't be tossed to and fro. We wouldn't be divided, even in our own hearts. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and here, and then we would also come to a new knowledge, verse 13, to a greater knowledge of the Son of God. Now, slap yourself because this is not talking about book knowledge. Okay, this is talking about walking with him like Jesus walked with him. And Pastor Patrick alluded to this verse in the book of Hosea, chapter 6. It says, he will come to us like the rain. And it says, to follow on. It says, let us follow on to know him. Or let us follow on to know him more. That would be the prayer and the cry of our heart is, Lord, I want to know you. Yes, we want to know you in the power of your resurrection, but also to really know him, there's going to be the fellowship of some suffering. That's, that's the Bible. And we don't like that part, but you want to be like Jesus, he's going to take you through some suffering. But the great thing, he takes you through it and doesn't leave you in it, but he takes you through it. Someone said this the other day. They were like, you know, love is not proven when everything is going well. Love is proven when it's terrible, when it's hell. That's when, that's when our validity of our faith or whatever it is of love, or kind of, it's not when everything is going. Because Jesus says, you know, you know even sinners and publicans, they, they say hi and they're nice to people that are, and they're, they're full of the devil and they're nice to each other, right? He says, no, it's going to be carried out and proven when people don't deserve it. And I'm like, Lord, help me. I don't want to face that challenge. But it's like praying for patience. Have you prayed for patience? And we're going we're to get there. We're going to get there. Help us on Highway 880 or over the bridge, wherever we're going. Okay. 
So he's calling us to come into the unity of the faith and to a greater knowledge of the Son and then to a greater maturity, or another translation says, would to be made perfect. Wanting to make you like, Jesus wants me to be perfect? Yep. He wants me to respond the way he would? Yep. He wants all of me? Yep. You mean I can't have a little bit for myself? Nope. But if we realize there's a part of us that we don't want Jesus like that. We're like, Jesus, you really want everything? You want everything? You want everything? And Jesus would say, yes, I want everything. And I want you to respond like I would. See, that, that's, that's taking it up another level in our lives to say, okay, all this great apostolic impartation and prophetic words and laughing and crying and feeling all good. And after all that's done, what is it for? That we would grow into Christ-likeness. Because you're not going to need, we're not going to need gifts of healing and prophecy and, and all the gifts in heaven. What we're taking into heaven is Christ-likeness and character. That's what we take into heaven. That's what, that's, what, that's what God is forming in us. Jesus wants his girl to be like him. His girl is you. That's the church. That's the bride. Let me talk to the men for a second. Now, man, you wouldn't want a girl that's all like Pastor Portia's song, I don't do cray-cray. You wouldn't want a bride that's cray-cray, right? Crazy. No, you want one that's at your level and at your standard, Right? Yes, thank you, man. Thank you. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So he says that we would come to this place of maturity and to perfection to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I was like, man, Jesus, you want me to stop and imitate you? Imitate you in thoughts? Imitate you in word, imitate you in deed. That's the standard. That's the standard is Jesus. Jesus is the standard. And you know what is awesome about it? Jesus was like, I'm going to help you. I'm like, thank you, Lord, because I need a lot of help. And so in the old, in the old, now let me show you how Jesus, how easy it was for Jesus now, you read the scriptures, it says Jesus, he, he obtained obedience to the things that he suffered, but Jesus modeled a life of intimacy with the Father, a prayer life where everything he did publicly was a manifestation of who he was privately in his prayer closet. And he loved hanging out with his dad. He, hang, he loved hanging out. But Jesus, remember Bishop Garlington shared with us, with us and even Pastor Patrick, they both Garlington and, and Patrick, they both alluded to the humanity of Jesus. And I don't know about you, sometimes when I hear preachers, I was like, oh, just talk about his divinity. Talk about his, his divinity and his greatness. And they start talking about his humanity, and then when they start talking about his humanity, that means, uh-oh, that means I got to deal with myself. Right? But Jesus was fully divine, but he was fully human, and he, come on, he received the Holy Spirit. He fasted. He had to pray. He didn't, it wasn't just he was just so divine. No, he functioned in a human body and functioned just like you and I. So we can't say, oh, God, it's too hard. I can't do it. You know, you were Jesus. You ever made that prayer? Oh, you know, Jesus can do that. And when Jesus is like, no, I want you to do that. 
Then it was like, okay, God, all right, you want me to grow up. Okay, I hear you. I hear you. But let's, let's turn with me in your Bible to let's, let's look at Jesus. There's a, there's a prophetic passage, and it's in the book of Psalms. And someone says, where should I start reading my Bible? I said, well, just start read Psalms. Read, read Psalms and Proverbs. But turn to Psalm chapter 40, and look what Jesus says. And then I'm going to give you maybe another verse or three or five. Or, and... Uh, I don't know. I just I start reading the Bible, and one verse leads to another and leads to another. How many know the Bible will spiritualize itself and um, take you on a journey? Thank you, Anna. It will take you on a journey. But look at look at Jesus. Ooh, this is good. Oh, I'm in the, I'm in the book of Isaiah. I guess I'm in the wrong book of Psalms. Psalm 40. Yes. I love it. I waited patiently. That's not the verse I want, but it's still good. That's a good verse. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined. Aren't you glad he listens to you? So glad. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you. And he hears your cry, and then he brings you out of the pit. Remember I told you, he doesn't just take you up, but he digs you out. Out of the miry clay, he sets your feet on the rock. He establishes your steps, and he puts a new song in your mouth. Praise to our God. How many of you guys got a praise in your mouth? Come on. Don't be silent. Don't be silent. Don't let your circumstances silent. Now, there's a time for silence. There's a time for meditation. There's a time to get quiet. We probably should be quiet more. We, we need to listen more because it's hard for us. To, who's, it's hard for you to get quiet, to get quiet, to get quiet before God. But, but learning how to get quiet and to quiet the noise and to quiet the voices, that's really something that's, that's really healthy for us because God will speak to you. But sometimes you have to shut off the television, shut off the phone, whatever it is. And so but to be quiet and we'll say, shh, say, quiete. Be quiet, but he'll speak to you. But for the sake of time, let's, let's, he'll, he'll, when you're quiet, Jesus says, that which I've spoken to you in secret, proclaim on the rooftop. So when you get alone with God in quiet, he's going to give you something to proclaim on the rooftop. But look what it says about Jesus. This is Jesus. And this is David writing prophetically about Jesus. And this is describing who Jesus was and his relationship with his dad. And he says, then I said, and I don't know about you, I, I read this and I'm like, I could say that about me. Why can't I? Why can't you say this about you? Why would this be any different? Even this is a prophetic psalm about Jesus. Why wouldn't you and I declare this about ourselves and say, Lord, me too, God, because Jesus, you're my brother. You're my Lord, you're my, you're my Savior, but you're also my brother. And so if you said this about yourself, I can say this too. But look what he says. He says, then I said, behold, I come in the scroll of the book. And I don't know what translation, we may have a different translation, but I'm going to read my translation. It is written of me. I delight to do your will, oh my God. Come on, God should not be a burden. It not should be a drudgery coming to the house of God, reading the Bible, prayer. If it's a drudgery, you just need to say, well, Lord, help me or save me because Jesus never set it up to be work and duty. He set it up for us to just walk with him. 
walk with him in the cool of the day. See, Jesus, Adam was the first Adam. The Adam, he was the man of the dust. Jesus is the second Adam, the man of the spirit. And we see Jesus at the cross. He brings, bringing us back into creative order. Creative order was what happened before the fall. And so Adam walked with God. And I don't know about you. I said, Lord, I want to walk with you. I don't want it to be work. I, don't, I love your presence. I love your word. I love the things of God. I love the things. And you do too because you're created in his image. And when you receive Jesus and he births you afresh and anew, you have the DNA of him. So Jesus is saying, oh, let me just read and stop trying to scream at you. It says, he says, it's written of me in the book, I delight to do your will, O God. Your law is within my heart. It's in my heart. It's not in my brain. It's not on my mind. It's in my heart. It's in my heart. I love you with all of my heart, all of my soul, all of my mind, all of my strength. And I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips. I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I've declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly. But that's not the verse I want. There's a verse somewhere that says, behold, it is written that a body you have prepared. It may be in here some of it for the sake of time. Uh, I know Paul quotes it in Hebrews chapter 10. It says, a body you have prepared. How many of you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? Your body, he lives inside of you. He doesn't live in this building at 562. But when we come together, there is a collective gathering of the saints. Why? Because he's in you and you and you and you and you and you and you. And our heart and our faith gets united together because the Spirit of God, when we come together, there's something about a corporate gathering that we receive a, an impartation from him. But he's still the same when you go out, when you get in your car and leave today. He's the same God. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. But Jesus says, a body you've prepared for me, and I delight myself in you. Now turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And then we're going to need it. Read another verse, and then maybe two more. <laughs> but in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, this is our cry, my cry. And I know people preach this about going to heaven, but I don't know about you. I don't want to wait till I die to go to heaven. I'm, I'm going to experience heaven right now in the midst of some hell. Because that's what Jesus did. Come on. Come on. He, he came. His purpose was to destroy the works of the evil one. And so it says, we know that our earthly house, this tent, everyone slap yours at you, is destroyed. If it's destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. Don't you know that? What you are right now is just a mirror of what you're going to be in heaven if you, if you follow on all the way. 
Okay, and I'll share this because I'm going to share with you one other verse, and I'll show you that everything Jesus did and fulfilled was the fulfillment of the old was just a shadow. Everything in the Old Testament pointed to Jesus. All the prophets, all, everyone, they all pointed to Jesus, and all the laws and the ordinances, everything that was set up in Moses' tabernacle and, the, and the, all the, the rituals that performed, it all was just a shadow of the true tabernacle that existed in heaven. And how many know this Jesus is in heaven right now? And he's not just sitting around just receiving worship. Jesus is doing something. But he says, there's a, a house made eternal in heavens. For in this we groan. Come on, I don't know about you. If there, is there a groan inside of you? Is there a desire? The Lord, there has to be more in life. There has to be more of your presence. There has to be, we haven't seen maybe the dead raised up like we want. We haven't seen sick people healed. There has to be more that earnestly desiring, look, to be clothed with our habitation from heaven. For indeed, we have been clothed we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, meaning not because we want to die, but because we want to be further clothed that our mortality may be swallowed up by life. You know what that's saying? is, Lord, I don't want to wait till I die to receive all that you have for me. I want right now for my, this mortality to taste some immortality. And the reason I can say this is because in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it talks about Jesus. It says, Jesus, it says, Adam was the first man of the dust, of the flesh. Jesus was the second Adam, the man of the spirit. And just like you and I were born of the flesh, come on, all of us have flesh. You're here today and you're in the flesh. Just like all of us were born of the flesh and bore the image of the, of the first Adam, so we shall also bear the image of the second. Or it says of the heavenly man. So when we're worshiping, and, and Dwayne Kirshner alluded to this fact. He says, don't you realize, church, when you lift your hands and you start to sing and worship, don't you realize that you're not here in this earthly realm? But so many of us, we're so earthbound in our thinking. And I am too. Well, you have to break yourself out because we deal with the natural. But don't you realize, and I'm not trying to be spooky or weird, but don't you know that in the spirit realm, come on, you don't say it, but in the spirit, that you are joining the angels. You are joining heaven. That you are ascending. Psalm 24, who shall ascend the mountain of the Lord? We're ascending and God is presence. And it says you haven't, in Hebrews chapter 12, it says you haven't come to Mount Zion that's burned up with fire. It says, no, you've come to the new living Jerusalem. You've come to the mountain of the, of the innumerable saints and to the blood. And there's like 13 things. But you've come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. He's the mediator. And so I said, well, Jesus... What are you like? He says, I'm love. Come on. I'm joy. I'm peace. I'm long-suffering. I'm patient. Come on, we like those first three. Love, joy, and peace. But then he's long-suffering, and he's, he's kind, and he's good, and he's 
temperate and he's gentle and he's self-controlled. I'm like, Lord, help me to grow up. Help me to be like you, Jesus. Help me to be like you. And Jesus says, well, just ask and walk with me and listen to me. It's not weird. It's not hard because it says that I'm going to take out the old covenant. I must create a new covenant. And if we can, at this time, maybe brethren and whoever is helping with the, with the, and Franklin, if you don't mind, thank you. Um, he says, I'm going to create a new covenant. And it's not like the old one that your fathers broke all the time and they were stubborn and they were rebellious. No, this new covenant means I'm going to actually do something for you that you can't do for yourself. I'm actually going to take out your heart of stone. I'm going to take out your stubbornness and I'm going to write my heart and my laws and my words upon your heart and on your mind. And in Jeremiah, it says this in Ezekiel, it says, and you will know me. He says, and your neighbors will know me. It's not going to be, you're not going to go to your neighbor. Hey, do you know God? Don't you know that you can't, you can't hide God? People can say there is no God. They can try to do all this thing. How many of you cannot, just his manifest creation is evident. He's everywhere. And so Jesus, what does he do? Jesus, when he goes to the cross and this was alluded to as well. It says, Jesus, it says, before he went to the, to the Father and ascended, it says, in Acts chapter 1, before he ascended, but it says that he took the blood into, and you can read this for the sake of time, I won't give you, but if you read the book of Hebrews, you can start in chapter like 8, 9, and 10. It talks about Jesus being our great high priest. Come on, he's our high priest. He's like up there. He's like, he's our mediator. He's the one that's up in heaven pulling for us, praying for us. Remember, remember in the Gospels, before Peter denied Jesus, Jesus says to Peter, he says, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you like wheat. But I've prayed for you. That your faith wouldn't fail. And when you're converted, you're going to strengthen your brother. Now, this is a picture of Jesus, our intercessor. This is a picture of Jesus, our great high priest, the one that's up in heaven fighting for us. And so in the old, you know, you know, the old ordinances, you couldn't, the priest would have to go in and there was all this blood. And so Jesus says, sacrifices and blood offerings, you don't even desire. You don't even want all that, God. What you want is a heart that's just fully yours. You don't want all the sacrifice. You don't want all the duty and all the religion. You don't want all the outward stuff. You just want my heart. And so Jesus comes and he takes this living blood, his blood, and he goes into the heavenly tabernacle that was vacant. You think it, it was a picture it was a picture for thousands and thousands of years. There was a tabernacle in heaven, but it was incomplete waiting for the blood of God to come and get sprinkled on that heavenly altar so that you and I says, you know, we have access. We have access to his presence. So let's just go ahead and take out our bread. So, Lord, we just thank you today. We thank you. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for your covenant that you've made with us. Lord, the new covenant in your blood. Lord, that it's not duty, it's not drudgery, it's not religion, Lord, but it's our delight. 
It's our delight to know you. It's our delight to walk with you. And Lord, we thank you since, Lord, you've done this for us. Lord, you didn't spare. Father God has not spared his own son. How much more does Paul say in Romans chapter 5? Will he not give us all things that we need? And so if you're here today and you're you're saved and you're walking with the Lord, but there's maybe a, a physical need that you have or it could be a financial need or an emotional need, I mean, you know, the Lord just wants to meet us right where we are. And so just lift up your element, the bread, and lift it up in faith and say, Lord, thank you. Lord, thank you that you're alive in me. Thank you that your spirit is alive. Thank you that your word is alive. Lord, thank you that I'm alive. Thank you that my brother and my sister are alive in you. Lord, and I thank you for the life of your presence, the life of your word. And as Jesus says, it says, on the night he was to be betrayed, he lifted up the bread and he blessed it and broke it and he gave thanks and so today lord we give thanks lord we give thanks to you we give thanks to you we give thanks to your cross lord we give thanks for doing a new thing inside of us today thank you for listening to the encounter church sermon of the week if you would like to learn more about us please visit encounterjesus.us or search for Encounter Church San Leandro in your app store.